When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The History of College Football is a podcast dedicated to preserving the college football gridiron memories from years gone by. Please feel free to visit our website at historyofcollegefootball.com. Thank you. Welcome to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson, and I will take you down a gridiron memory lane. The national champions, the teams, the rivalries, the conferences, the Heisman winners, the rankings. Today, we discuss the strange and curious case of Steve Sabo, Penn Quakers football coach from 1954 to 1959. Let's see if what occurred in late November and early December, way back in 1959, can be described in today's optics, where NCAA college football has now taken on year-round coverage, where during the season, near about every channel carries a game, game previews, reviews, opinions, and rankings, and then in the off-season, updates on transfer portals and stats and storylines are daily occurrences, if not breaking news. So picture this story I'm going to tell you if it were to have happened live today. Enter a university with a winning football tradition, 15 consecutive non-losing seasons, where seven of the seasons, the team posted no more than two losses. The school then endures a losing season, and the head coach resigns. The new head coach steps in, loses every game in his first two seasons, the school doesn't fire him. The school fervently backs him, supports him, gives him a chance to turn things around. In his first five seasons, this coach never posts a winning record. The school continues to stand behind him, refuses to dismiss him, rather they give him another year. And in the sixth year, the coach's team wins the conference title, posts a 7-1-1 record, and the tie was against a decade-long national powerhouse. Then, within days of the season-ending victory that captured the conference title, the school suddenly releases him. Seems unbelievable, yet it happened. Consider the strange and curious case of Steve Sabo. Let's go back to 1938. From 1938 to 1953, the Penn Quakers were coached by George Munger, who posted 15 consecutive non-losing seasons, seven seasons of no more than two losses, and one wonderful undefeated season. Then in 1953, the Quakers won 3-5-1. and one. Coach Munger resigns as Penn's football coach. In 1954, Penn hires 39-year-old Steve Sabo to succeed him as they offered a man who had never seen Penn play a football game in his life a three-year contract. Sabo was the 14th Penn coach since 1876, but only the fourth one who was not an alumni. This hiring in 1954 did coincide with the year the Ivy League Football League was formed. Penn's football team was soon to be fought with the new league's rules, such as a ban on spring practice. The Quakers were still scheduled in the upcoming years to play against old rivals like Notre Dame, Navy, Penn State. Coach Sable's first two seasons were not a success. Sabo started his coaching tenure with back-to-back winless seasons, going 0-9. In his debut season, the Penn Quakers scored 73 points. They were shut out twice. In his second season, the Quakers' scoring actually dropped as they scored 34 points the entire season, shut out five times. Still, Penn's administration backed them. He did have one more year left on his contract. Steve Sabo lasted out the year and continued on to coach three more seasons. In that three-year stretch, the Penn Quakers won a total of 11 games, going four and five, three and six, and four and five. 
By the end of the 1958 season, they now had five consecutive losing seasons under Coach Sabo. Then in 1959, the Quakers caught lightning in a bottle. They started the season with three consecutive shutout wins, 26 to nothing over Lafayette, 13 to nothing over Dartmouth, and 18 to nothing over Princeton. The next week, they defeated Brown 32-9 to go 4-0 and set up a showdown with Navy, who, despite their 2-3 and record, was a national powerhouse for over a decade. The midshipmen were at 55-30-9 and in the 1950s, and they had won the Cotton Bowl back following the 1957 season. Now, the game against Navy was nip and duck the whole way. Late in the fourth quarter, Penn was on the Navy's six-yard line, staring at a fourth and four. But instead of going for the potential game-winning touchdown, they settled for the game-tying field goal. Final score, Penn 22, Navy 22, but the undefeated season for Penn was still alive. The next week, Penn appeared to suffer a letdown after the big tie. They lost to Harvard inexplicably 12 to nothing, and now Penn was 4-1-1. The next two games were decisive wins against Yale and Columbia to set up the seemingly impossible, a chance for the Ivy League title if they won the last game of the season against Cornell on Thanksgiving Day. Trailing in the second half, the Quakers stormed back to score three touchdown passes to secure a 28-13 win. That win put an exclamation point on an unbelievable reversal of fortune for Coach Steve Sable's once maligned team. The Penn Quakers had won the Ivy League championship. At the end of the 1959 season, the administration, which had sat by and watched the football program suffer through the five-year-long drought in abject support of Steve Sable, allowed his contract to expire at the end of the championship season. Coach Sabo's 7-1-1 1959 Quaker team had compiled the best Quaker football record in 12 seasons and marked the first time that the Penn Quakers had won an Ivy League football title. A few days following the game on December 2nd, 1959, the New York Times reported Rutgers' John Stiegman was to succeed Coach Sabo. Penn had fired Steve Sabo. Players had heard about it on TV. Coach Sabo said he was puzzled, quote, they did not tell me why I was fired. I heard a lot of words, but none of it added up to anything specific. Coach Sebo went on to say that he was told by University President Gaylor Harnwell, Steve, you're a nice fellow. I like you. Your contract won't be renewed. So what happened? It was a faculty committee composed of the athletic director, dean of men, two professors, and a trustee who made the decision. None of the committee disclosed the reason for Sebo's dismissal. Now, conspiracies abounded. One was rather simple, actually, that the Penn administration had informed Coach Sable that prior to the 1959 season, the 1959 season would be his last. He was finished. Win, lose, or draw. On the darker side, another conspiracy theory thrived. It had something to do with Penn being accepted into the Ivy League back in 1954, when the Ivy League Football League was actually formed. The story goes something like this, that Penn's new president, Dr. Gaylor Harnwell, either promised or assumed that Penn would have a losing football program. Following the 1958 season, instead of buying out his contract, the administration allowed him to coach that final year in 1959 as they assumed they would provide him with another losing team. Well, the aftermath, after Coach Sable's contract was not renewed following the 1959 season, he became the general manager of the New York Titans, signed for $25,000 for this newly formed team for a newly formed upstart league, the AFL. Now, the Titans were renamed the New York Jets in 1963. But Steve Stable left the Titans in 62 to become the athletic director at the University of Virginia. The strange case of Steve Sable has gone largely unnoticed as the years went on. But one thing remains certain, that a coach was hired, went on to post two straight winless seasons, only to follow it up with another three straight losing seasons. Finally, turned the program around, giving the program its first conference title 
ever. And within days of securing that title, he was released. Maybe it was agreed upon prior to the season that that would be his last season. Maybe he did not deliver another losing season and that rattled the feathers of some strong individuals. Or maybe there was another reason, one that never came to light, the strange and curious case of Steve Sabo. Thank you for listening to History of College Football. I am Jay Abramson. Join us every Tuesday and Saturday for a new episode. 